This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. have to say for people based on what you observe, what you see, maybe give us some encouragement uh, about how things can get better if, if we might act in a certain way. I feel like now, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I saw whatever was happening, it was outrageous. I'm sure you, you have seen that as well. And, and there are some people that at the core, again, I think we are we are fighting for very superficial things. You know, when we are looking at color and stuff. But right now, I think people are afraid to to let go uh, because they are afraid that you know somebody else will replace them. Bringing whatever balance we can is important at our level. And if each individual thinks like that, then I think we will have a balance uh, around. This is easier said than done, but it is very very beautiful when done. Let me guess, you're an entrepreneur looking for ways to grow your business online. And you've probably tried everything to grow your business, including social media, SEO, even paid ads, only to find out that nothing truly works. So what if I told you that writing a book that goes on to become a bestseller is the magic wand, and that you can do it in as little as 30 days, two weeks, or even over a weekend in some cases, without spending more than 10 minutes a day. Would you be interested? My name is Roger Brooks, and I'm the founder and host of American Real TV, where I interview world-class guests to empower others through the essence of story. But I didn't get here overnight, and my mission certainly doesn't end here. Ever since I was a little boy, it's been my dream to empower others through the craft of writing and storytelling. And throughout my life, I came across several mentors who pushed me toward my passion for writing books and helping others to do the same. There is no greater joy than to be working with aspiring authors and to help them establish true credibility within their industry by writing and publishing their first book, which I'm proud to say have all gone on to become bestsellers. Now, you're seeing this video because I just opened enrollment for my new book writing program, where I promise to take you from page one to published in 90 days or less. I will be personally working with you to overcome the same fears and obstacles that kept me from pursuing my dreams all of those years. Simply click on the link below to see how I could help you become a first-time best-selling author. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Felguni Katera. You are, you are a heart-centered, compassionate, and tenacious, professional, transformational coach who thrives on human transformation, helping leaders change their habits and thought patterns. In addition, you are a hypnotherapist who helps executives and business owners achieve radical personal and professional transformation by tapping into their inner intelligence. You do this by using your EQ-loaded signature visibility framework that ultimately creates self-awareness leaders. Elguni, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. It's my pleasure, and we've been connected on LinkedIn for yes. quite some time now, and I love watching your posts and all the um, wonderful knowledge and wisdom that you're bringing to the platform. Tell us a little bit about LinkedIn and how you got started and uh, tell us about your growth and how you've just been getting so many, um, you know, so much great engagement and, and an increase of followers, it seems, uh, week after week. Yes, thank you so much. And it's a pleasure being here, by the way. So thank you for this. And LinkedIn, yes, um, it has been uh, an interesting journey on LinkedIn. I started just, you know, thinking of it as a job platform, like most of us, you know, start with. And then I realized soon the pattern that, you know, there were content was being created and then that was coming into my feed. So I, 
I started to see, and I was already creating content on Facebook, but that was more like, you know, my personal slice of life stories and things like that. So I misunderstood LinkedIn to be also something similar, but more on the professional side. So I started sharing stories about myself uh, in the professional um, area of things on LinkedIn. Uh, but I soon started to gain followers and I didn't know where to take them. I didn't know who I was or what I was really doing or what I was wanting to do. You know, so it was a journey of self-discovery that was kind of triggered by LinkedIn because, you know, I'm like, there are people that are coming to me. If I am not posting, they're reaching out like, you know, where are you? We are missing you. So I sensed that there is a kind of community that is being built up. There is a sense of, you know, uh, a connection, like deep connections that were building up and those relationships were very important to me. They were very uh, fulfilling for me in terms of not only, you know, learning from them, but also sharing some of my life journey with them. And it was a mutually, uh, you know, very beneficial relationship in that sense. So I started to understand the power of it. I started getting job offers and you know, most of the things you're not even looking for. So you don't know what exactly to do and how exactly to position yourself. So it took me a while. I went off of LinkedIn. I was like, I can't figure it out. I don't have the time for it and so on. Uh, but then I came back um, and then I realized the, the power of it. So I started to, um, I started to come together uh, on the platform with people that were of interest to me, that were of, you know, um, that were talking the same things that I was really interested in, but had a different perspective towards. So, you know, it was really about um, gaining knowledge and about even sharing uh, my knowledge in becoming a thought leader. So that was something that I um, started with doing on LinkedIn. And that is why I continue to do that to date. I have made some really good connections on LinkedIn. I have learned a whole lot. And um, I hope I'm able to give back to the community that follows me on LinkedIn as well with the same kind of rich knowledge that I have been receiving. So, so that's what I do on LinkedIn. Falguni, what do you think it is about LinkedIn that's different than, say, Facebook? It seems that there's a different chemistry there, a different energy. Um, I know you, you, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about energy today uh, when we talk about hyp hypnotherapy, but what is it about LinkedIn that's different from your perspective? I think the intention, Roger, I think completely the reason why people log in on LinkedIn versus why they go on Facebook, the intention is completely different. And that is why I think it just makes it so much more meaningful engagement when you are on LinkedIn, because you are, you know that you go there to learn or you go there to share, you know, it is, it is very intentional. Of course, there are people searching for jobs and all of that networking is happening and it should, you know, we are all living in a world where we all need each other to kind of grow and succeed in life and and learn from and stuff. So, uh, but I think the whole intention, Facebook is still something that is like, uh, for my friends, but this is something that is more serious. I think the whole intention is different when you go there and what you, what you are seeking uh, from your connections there is very different. And for people that may not be using it to the, to their full advantage, um, maybe they're like you and I were say a few years ago, or really not engaging, where would you recommend they start and how, you know, how much should they engage? What kind of things, should they post? What are your recommendations? I would think that they should start from if they are not comfortable creating content, follow thought leaders in their field of interest, at least five. LinkedIn is a, is a place which requires time to grow deeper and understand what this platform can truly give you. You know, it can give you things at the surface level. And if you want to stop at that, that's great. But if you want to go deeper, it requires time. It requires dedication. So I, that's how I started. I went on, uh, you know, people that I really was interested to learn from. They were thought leaders in the area of my interest. So I went to their post. I used to diligently, literally comment every single time. And, the, and I used to receive engagement from them as well because you know, you're sharing fields and plus because it is uh, your area of interest again. It just makes for a very meaningful conversation. And it just kind of triggers a beautiful start of a, of a connection, of a relationship. And uh, you kind of take it from there. So I would definitely encourage people who are not wanting to create content or don't have the time or don't know uh, to start from, from that, start from engaging on people's content, start from seeing what other people are talking about, follow relevant hashtags that are, that are important to you and see what people are talking about and engage thoughtfully with people, uh, you know, that are talking about things that, that are of interest to you. Um, that's, 
that's how you know you'll be getting you'll be noticed and then people will start understanding okay this person is interested in this topic so then they'll start tagging you and it, it just starts kind of uh, you know you'll be you'll be kind of sucked in you'll be in the inner circle then that's great advice and for people that are willing to create content but maybe they haven't done so yet what do you recommend there should they do a variety of things maybe do some videos uh, just some photos what are some of the ideas that that have been successful for you starting with what you are most comfortable with because consistently showing up is number one and then i think then creating different kinds of content just for variety seeing what fits for you seeing what fits for your audience is step number two but consistently showing up with something that's really easy for you to get into i would go with that that's what i did i used to only post you know, text, uh, long posts. That's what I was comfortable with. But then slowly, you know, I broke my fear and I started going on video and I started doing a lot of different things. So it is uh, about just getting started with what you're comfortable with and then definitely explore and experiment. Uh, it will be fun. And I know now you are a NLP certified hypnotherapist. Tell us what that means. Uh, how do you become certified in this? And, and let's talk about hypnotherapy. Sure. So um, I was really intrigued because I, I was working with a coach myself. And uh, so I was talking to her and I was just talking to her about my story. And I was like, I'm really interested in hypnotherapy. And she's like, you don't realize, but you are in a trance. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, it just hit me at that time. And I was like, what? I really want to learn what all of this is about. And I know that it is, you know, for... Um, it is for improving your, um, it is not only for improving your, uh, you know, understanding of, of people, it's just making you aware for sure, but it is also um, giving you that deep experience of that peaceful state. Because, you know, there are people that are, uh, you know, we, we are all running around hopelessly and on autopilot and every single day we have been doing that without knowing, you know, so not until you experience a deep peaceful state, is when you realize that there is there is something that you know that we need there is peace in pause uh, that's how i i say you know there is there is there is important uh, learnings that we can get when we pause you know when we when we really go to that resourceful state of peace because there are many things that we have already but we don't process them enough so i think hypnotherapy helps me to just and my clients to just really go to that peaceful state. It is not about acting crazy. It's not about anything weird that I had at least heard about hypnotherapy and oh, what will happen and things like that. It's literally just deep sort of meditation. It's very deep of trance. That's what I was just going to ask you. Would it be, would it be a form of meditation? Yes, it's similar to that. But are you able to help guide people into this state? Is that, is that what you do? Is that what your work yes. is? Yes, yes. So, uh, so we guide people into getting into that state where they are more resourceful, where their unconscious mind is actually awakened so much so that whenever you induct them with any positive thoughts or anything that they are afraid of or remove their fear or whatever that is, they are actually processing that in their unconscious mind, which kind of then connects them to their conscious mind and they see the benefits, you know, in their life. But it is a very, very powerful technique. Can you give us an example of how you put someone into this state or help put someone into this state? Yes. So, um, you know, we first quieten the environment. We get into, um, we, we quieten the environment so much so that the person is actually in the moment. They are not in the, in the past or in the future. They are in the moment. And then there is willingness. And nobody can make you do anything in hypnotherapy and uh, in a hypnotherapic state until you are allowing yourself to be in that state so you know it is totally you are in control much uh, you know the opposite of what people usually think you are absolutely in control you are exactly knowing what you are doing and you can so when when we are uh, when we are in a session we are talking to people and we are saying some, so the way it works, and I don't do only hypnotherapy, but I also, you know, combine it with my coaching, with my you know, NLP practices and so on. So you naturally get into that state and I already know what you are seeking, what you are wanting. So all that I use hypnotherapy for is to induct those things into your subconscious because, you know, your subconscious, your or unconscious mind 
you know, your conscious mind will set a goal, but your unconscious mind will get it for you. So it is about that com combination. And just so I'm following you, you, you're saying you know this because you talk to the person in advance. You, right. you understand what they're seeking. And then when, when they go into the hypnotherapy, you're able to direct them or give them guidance on um, the topics that they need that goes into their subconscious mind. That's exactly right. Okay. That's Very exactly interesting. Right. That, that, that may be something I, I might be interested in uh, learning more about. Absolutely. And this is something that is very customized to the person. It could be, you know, broadly, like people, everybody in the room is, you know, having some sort of fear. We can, we can get that released and so on. But there are also things that are very specific to an individual. So we also go to that individual level in my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do that. I go to that individual level and induct those specific things that are of interest to you uh, or are going to be super beneficial to you uh, and so on. So it is very, um, it is something that is applicable to a broader audience as well as a customizable one-on-one uh, -on -one setting as well. Very interesting. So you are now certified in hypnotherapy. What did it take to become certified? What are, are there uh, tests, exams that you need to pass in order to get to that level? Yes. So there was a practice. Um, I had to go through hours and hours of practicing hypnotherapy because, you know, it is something that you can read about, but to, to actually learn to implement it and actually do it in action uh, took practice. So I did that. And um, I, I have worked with clients uh, and luckily gained more, more practice now. So, um, it, but it, yes, uh, it, there was a lot of learning. There was uh, understanding of what this concept of hypnotherapy is. We were, you know, taught about, you know, how it all started and, you know, what was the reason behind, you know, getting into this trance and how it works and stuff like that. So it is, uh, it is a very interesting uh, technique if somebody is interested to learn more about. Uh, yeah, I would recommend to take classes yourself and really experience because each individual gets very different things out of these whole sessions um, that were there. So um, I went for a, a week long session. Uh, it was um, intense, but it was great. Melguni, so, I was going to ask you if you could give us a sense of wh why you like this so much. Like, what is it that... Um, gives you the, the, the desire to be able to do this. And then on the other side of that, what do you like most about helping people in, in this regard? Actually, both of your questions are intertwined. So I love helping people. And that is why I learn all the different techniques that I can. And I am very curious myself. So I have had a, an upbringing that was very much, you know, into like Eastern philosophy, Vedic philosophy. So I have been brought up with, with that understanding of the world and with that. And I, I really hold it very dear to me. That's very beautiful. And I, I love how the Western philosophy kind of... Um, is complementing that knowledge, you know, and how it is all coming together so beautifully, because it's all about truth is multidimensional, you know, so it kind of looking at it from different dimensions, it's just another uh, aspect of it that just shines and it's very beautiful to experience. So um, that's what uh, I, that's why I was interested and helping people is my passion only because I, Connectedness is my number one strength. I feed off of people's energy. I feed off of connections and deeper connections, you know, not just LinkedIn connections that we're connected to thousands and thousands of people. But, you know, uh, what I mean is that true deep connections definitely impact our lives in more ways than we even realize, you know, because we, we all have heard, you know, uh, that we are uh, some total of five people we surround ourselves with. There's no bigger truth than that. So, and, and also I have this passion about building a society where stress, I, so I had to understand what was my trigger point, you know, I, what is it that I just cannot tolerate. And, um, you know, you don't really need to go through those deep levels of, of um, trauma to really experience that. But most of us do without even realizing that, you know, there is something about hopelessness that I just cannot handle. I you know, I feel like we, we all have umpteen potential. I think that we just are not aware of it. That's, that's my foundational belief, you know, that we all have unlimited potential. It's only about tapping into that. And the best thing that I have understood that can help is our own mind. We, you know, how much ever we listen to 
inspirational you know thoughts and we, we listen to uh, leaders that inspire us all of that is great but not until you allow those thoughts from here into your heart and your action it's not going to work how much ever how many ever hours we put into that right so if i thought that if this is the this is the entry point this is the filter that you know one needs to cross any thought needs to cross before i can actually implement or action on it i thought that's that's where i have to put all my attention to to really cross that bridge you know and and allow that thing to happen because i'm really inspired listening to people but i'm not doing anything about it i am not putting it into action it's all getting jammed here without getting processed you know so i i started to tend here i started to meditate and understand how i can process those things hypnotherapy is another technique that helps us process that because you know you are like uh we have so much of information overload and now more so because of you know technological um benefits or it's just too much basically so it's more and more important the more we um, are um, you know advancing in technology i think the more we have to advance in in getting at more peaceful states because that's where the magic happens that's where you know the change happens whatever else we do um we are just overloading ourselves and that that stress is increasing and so on i mean i can go on and on but but that's essentially the the idea of why i am so interested in the power of the mind why i am so interested in self awareness because unless and until we don't know about who we are we cannot if i don't know what who i am and what are my limiting beliefs what are my uh, you know problem areas why i'm not able to grow i will not grow i have to understand that you know only when you are you know what your diagnosis is of your ailment or or your sickness can the doctor tell you that you know which medicine will work but before knowing that no medicine is you know going to work it's something similar to that felgoni when you you talked about connection earlier and the importance of that what is connection mean to you at its deepest level like if you can just go really deep with it like what what is it for people that haven't really experienced that yet so hopefully we could get them thinking about it in a different way i'm so glad you asked this question thank you <laughs> so um so about connection so we are all so again my foundational belief is that we are all connected whether we realize it or not okay so we are we are all connected by the human spirit whatever you want to call it right so we are all connected and you know and when when i say connected the deepest level of connection what i mean is that if one suffers the other suffers automatically that's that's the kind of connection i mean and just the opposite when one when one achieves we all achieve as well exactly when one achieves you you emit that vibe that is infectious to the other person we all are you know affecting each other infecting each other whatever you want to call it we are doing that right our vibes are definitely impacting the other person in ways that we don't even we are not perhaps aware of so if we work on ourselves you know you can actually start that wave of change that wave of positivity that wave of you know this thing which which is kind it's like a domino it will work you know on other people as well so that is why again you are the center in that sense you you could be the center you could think of every if in if each individual thinks of themselves as the center and starts working on their own self and reaches that positive state or that that resourceful state for themselves they are definitely impacting because we communicate a lot through vibes and we are all connected at the vibe level as well so um that's that's what connection means to me and then besides uh, that i think connecting with people that are able to provide you different perspectives of life because that's where growth also happens right so not being uh, fearful about uh, you know losing your stance not being fearful about uh, you know not wanting to uh, limiting yourself with within an echo chamber you know just yes saying people not not just limiting yourself to that but actually stepping out of that and seeing if not what please tell me you know like it's being open to that knowledge being open to understanding different ways of living is i think again another level of um, connection that we can experience being an immigrant roger i was able to experience that and i i think of that as a very uh, you know big blessing to me actually because when i came here it was a totally different world i mean i'm from uh, i'm from india so when i came to america 
it was a totally different uh, and i came here when i was 23 and i was living with my parents so i i seen very little of the the world outside because i was in a very beautiful very protected environment so when i got out and i came to the us um, you know i came with my husband i got married and i came here and he was the only man i knew hmm. so in this whole country i didn't know anybody um, so from there to build this this connections to build this friendships it totally changed my mind you know it to, to, totally helped me understand what connections truly meant in india i was living in a very close knit environment so i had people around me all the time we we were very you know my family is a very close knit family so i had my extended cousin uh, you know cousins extended family everybody near me so i didn't understand the connection meaning of connection then because i was so deep in it i didn't realize not having them so when i came here you know the the polar opposite of being surrounded by 100 people to nobody and that nobody struck hard you know i was like i don't know and then you have all this consciousness about will they understand how i speak i have an accent i i look a certain way i am you know i don't know maybe i dress differently you know it, it was a lot of things going on in my mind and i had got a lot of baggage from india in terms of beliefs unknowingly so i had to get rid of a whole lot to really understand and that's when actually beautifully my knowledge everything that i'd heard of you know i told you from from childhood i was listening to this vedic philosophies and stuff like that so i knew we are all connected conceptually but to then actually live it and understand that this person is also similar to me you know we share the same interest we share the same pain we can connect at that level was very very i opening for me i was like you know let's get beyond this limitations of color or sex or whatever that is let's let's just get beyond that and even beliefs for that matter you know you could have totally different outlook towards life and i could but that does not prevent us from connecting with one another because you know we still have there are so many similarities that we have that we are still connected by you know so understanding what those that was another exercise i used to do i used to meet people you know my my husband's colleagues and those were my first point of contacts at that point so to understand and they were all american so i mean uh, all white um, american locals so i was like what do i what do i talk to them about what is the common thing that i can talk to them about and then i started to talk very foundational basic things because i figured quickly that that's what is common other than that you know uh, our love for movies or our love you know finding what Find is it. yes that was important and that's where we kind of build our relationship from only to understand that we are more connected deeply than just the movies or just this you know we have similar sort of uh, you know discomforts or similar sort of uh, you know uh, limitation limitations that we are holding in our mind because they were just as interested to know about me as i was and i didn't i never thought about it that way i only thought it was me wanting to know them and you know we, we kind of think about that a lot but i i forgot and i completely missed to understand that it could be possible that they also want to know about me my culture the richness that i have i was totally not looking at that you know i was only looking at the you know there so that experience opened a lot of like you know it uh, it helped me a lot it uh, gave me a totally different perspective well wow, that's that's uh, i'm i'm really happy that you share that with us and i could feel as you're talking i could i could picture it i could feel what you were going through and then how over time you know you were able to really develop yes. special connections because you had that open mind and and it seems like the people you were connecting with also had that so that's uh that's really really incredible uh felgoni what would you say uh, the us right now as you know i'm i'm sure you know is is really divided um in a lot of ways you know politically uh you talk about race uh, there's just so much divide and and it saddens me you know being an american to to watch this and it, as it saddens millions of others but i would love to get your pers- perspective you know coming from the other side of the globe now you know living here for some time what what do you have to say for people based on what you observe what you see and um maybe give us some encouragement uh, about how things can get better if if we might act in a certain way thank you roger this is i i have been in this country for 15 years so i have now found home here i totally 
you know, feel like I belong to this place and I feel like I am connected with everybody at a very different level now because this is my country too. I am a US citizen as well. So I feel like now, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I saw whatever was happening, it was outrageous. I'm sure you, you have seen that as well. And, and there are some people that at the core, again, I think we are, we are fighting for very superficial things. You know, when we are looking at color and stuff, I mean, we, you and I perhaps understand this and appreciate that, you know, we have more deeper connections than just, you know, uh, stopping at the color or, or things like that. But I think what it, what it helps to understand is that what is the real struggle, even for, you know, the whites as well as for the people of color, what, what is their foundational problem? I think going down to that and understanding that will help, you know, just then, just by calling out names and just by taking sides, we are probably aggravating the problem and not solving it. To solve, we have to go to the root cause of the problem. You know, what is the root cause? And for me, I am, with my understanding, I feel that the root cause, there is fear, and there is discontent, you know, and and on both sides, and on both sides, right? Because there is fear of you know losing out on something on both sides again. So I think tapping into that and helping them understand and rationalizing with the with the right leaders, you know. So that is why we need the right leaders in you know on in that pos powerful positions to be able to influence that kind of a thought process to be able to influence that kind of a change where we are looking into the root cause and uprooting that at that level because if fear is eliminated then there is a lot of uh, possibilities that open up but right now i think people are afraid to to let go uh, because they are afraid that you know somebody else will replace them or they, they have this fear of uh, you know security they have this fear of um, you know understanding how their kids will work and how this whole i think we are we are casting blame without knowing enough or or on historical experiences that may or may not hold true today I think that there has, there has been a lot of change uh, and we are still holding off on certain beliefs or certain experiences from our generations and their time was totally different. So to be able to be open-minded and adaptive towards our today, living in the now and seeing what it is today. I, I think we all have friends that are of different colors, like living, whoever has lived here has had friends that are, you know, of, uh, of different origins, I want to say. So we, if this person can be good, why not that, that whole race could be good too? Why don't we, we think about the possibilities of positivity? Why, why do we want to cast blame at they are all like that? And why do we want to think like that, right? So that's, that's at least what I have understood that I could influence or I could start those conversations at my level. You know, I, could, I can talk to my friends about it. I remember having this chat with, with, my, with my black friends. I just absolutely love them. They are very peace-loving, very loving people. I'm sure you have friends and you, you've experienced the same. So, you know, I reached out to them, telling them that, you know, no matter what is happening out there, for whatever it is worth for you, I want to say that I am with you, you know. And I did the same with my white friends too, because again, they are also in fear. You know, so it is very important for them to know that it's it's really okay and that there are people that are going to be with them and, you know, uh, not judge them and be with them um, in their in their time of uh, fear, right? So that was very important. I think the whole focus then became on Black Lives Matter. Of course they matter. There's no other way. They definitely do matter. But I think ignoring the the problem of this other race as well is causing more of conflict and more of um, the problem. So I think um, bringing whatever balance we can is important at our level. And if each individual thinks like that, then I think we will have a balance uh, around. This is easier said than done, but it is very, very beautiful when done. And we can start with our own self. At least I can take responsibility of my own self. I can't influence the whole world, but I can influence myself. And if two people around me, that's good enough because then the circle will continue. So when I, when you bring it down the macro problems to the micro solutions, I think that definitely helps a lot. You know, then, then you are not afraid of the problem. Then you are in the solution mode and thinking, what can I do about it? Right. 
at least nearby my my people near me at least should be safe they should they should feel that they are loved they they should feel they are included which they are because i don't have any other feeling so it's only right for me to express that and and feel them make them felt that way so i'm just doing my my job in that sense so well said felguni and and look i i didn't think as you were talking i didn't think about that so i'm i'm really happy that you talked about bringing it back to the micro level, bring it starts here. You know, I was going to say it starts at home, but it even starts even you know, further than that. It's, it starts here with us. And then, and then, um, you know, if we're the light, then others will hopefully see that and, and participate as well. The one, the one question I did have though, is how, when you look at leadership overall, and it does, you know, whether it's politics or anything, and you see, you know, we, we observe the fighting and, you know, just, you know, I think uh, there, th this week there was uh, something in the news where one senator gave another senator a hug and there was a lot of fallout because of that. And I just, that, again, that's, that's really hurtful. It doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, we're, <laughs> we're all trying to help each other and these labels and judgments just seem to be tearing us more apart. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the uh, positions of power come with a lot at a very high price. I think, you know, they have to at a certain level stop, you know, being human when they are when they are in a certain setting. And that is extremely saddening. And I think that is why, you know, I think it was a very natural, I, I thought it was beautiful to see that. I think when we, when we open our arms, we will definitely, you know, be more welcoming and I'm sorry, I come back to fear again and again because I, I sense it so strongly, Roger. And I think that if, if that is, and fear comes, what is, the, what is the solution for that? It is to replace that fear with love. You know, uh, one of my spiritual master always says that, you know, fear is love upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so it is just about replacing that fear with love and making each other felt seen heard visible again right to to make them feel that we we hear you we feel you and i thought that it was a, a very beautiful gesture i'm i'm sad about the back i'm sad about you know how it is all construed and how it is all coming out but i thought that uh, you know if we give importance to being human um, we will be a much better society Okay, uh, I have to talk to you about leadership. That's something that you are passionate about. And I'd love to know a little bit more about how you approach this with your clients. Uh, of course, many people want to be leaders or they're in positions of leadership. But what exactly do you do? And what are your, some of your techniques? Maybe you could walk us through that. And what does leadership mean to you? Um, so leadership for me is um, A, being self-aware radically self-aware so that you are so comfortable in your own skin. We spoke about power a little bit. We spoke about so many things. Um, I think it's about, you know, when you are, when a leader is, a leader is a leader, not because of the position that he necessarily, he or she necessarily holds, but uh, the attitude that that person has and the, the passion and the fire to make a change, you know, or to, to drive change, right? So for that, what, what do we need? And I, again, I um, go from the micro to, macro to the micro in my thoughts just to make sure that I am understanding the problem at a global level and then solving it at a local level. I don't know how to explain that, but you know, just solving it at a very personal level and understanding what could I do? Again, for me, my best case is me. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of starting from there because uh, if I have to influence anybody or if i have to even say anything to anybody it will only hold power and it will only reach the other person if i believe in it and i implement it i cannot otherwise those words have no weight you know they're plucked i and that's that's not what we are here for i think whatever it is little bit have the sense of responsibility to own it and to understand what it is so again i start with self-awareness uh, that's that's my uh, that's my go-to. Uh, understanding what you are fully, not becoming great, knowing whatever you are. You know, it's just that. So understanding that, and then building from there. 
So then you already have a point A, this is where you are, and then you can have a point B and you can make the journey towards that. So um, understanding that is important. So that's where I start from. And then because you now understand and understanding yourself to the level of what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses and all of that, a complete understanding of your full self so that you are comfortable in your own skin that this is what I am. I, I would love to be that, but I am not that. That awareness is number one, right? And then, you know, when when leader is self-aware, what happens is, and they also know what their triggers are. They know what, you know, what is happening. Plus, they can, <clears throat> so leaders have uh, the ability to work around people that have complementing strengths. That's one other thing that I talk about, you know, to my clients. I, I was like, when you are hiring, make sure that you don't hire your clones. That's not what you want. You know, you want to have people that are having complementing strengths because you, at the end of the day, you want to deliver a result that is outside of your capacity. You want to bring everybody together again. So collaborating and bringing people together is another skill of a leader. And for that, they have to be, self-aware and then they have to kind of hire people that are also they are they have their different strengths than they have so that they can again work towards a whole you know some of the parts make a whole right so come kind of that that mindset and then thinking about what is it that they can influence what is it that they can do within their capacity and their power right there could be people that could be working in your team and you, they are your direct point of influence or there could be people plus there are people that you know your colleagues and your management and whoever else is so wherever you are in the chain or the hierarchy you know you everybody can be a leader and can have influence on all four directions right so um that's that's how i kind of look at it so i actually draw a visual where you know i'm talking to to my clients and telling them draw me a, a visual of where you think you are and where you think your impact is whom whom can you impact most of the people only have a down going arrow they don't have an arrow that is going up they don't have a they never have an arrow going on the side it is so important to to have this arrows as all the all the arrows as well because it is important for us to understand how we are being you know, viewed by people and what is it that we can do to bring these people also with us, you know, you want to, a leader is a leader, not when they say they are, when others say they are, and how will others say they are when they are actually living that, you know, so how can you live that by being self-aware and then by practicing those skills, by, by living it, right, it's only then other people will view you as that, right, uh -huh. so... I don't know if I've ever heard it put this way. So I'm so happy you talked about this. It's the first time I really thought about this. And something that you said really stuck out to me is that you don't have to be in a leadership role to be a leader. That's right. huge. I mean, if you think of it that way, anyone has the capacity or capability to be a leader, no matter where they are. And I, and I love the visual about going, you know, uh, side to side and then up and down. Because mm -hmm. that's important. And, and, and I could see most people, as you said, think about going downstream only. So, wow, that's definitely one of the most important topics ever discussed on this show. And, and I oh, thank I you for that. that. Thank you. Absolutely. So, so yes. And I think um, so. understanding that um, and then empowering the people that are around us. And again, around all, all positions, right? Those people, the ones that are above us, already feel empowered that's okay you know because they already think that they are in a, in a position right so maybe that gives them that empowerment but the people around us and below us they don't feel empowered as much because you know they these people feel territorial and these people feel like they are uh, they have to suck it up they have to not be themselves they have to you know be um, uh, be yesayers and stuff like that but uh, and that is again not a healthy environment See, if we, one thing, Roger, it may be, it may sound a little um, radical, but if you be very, very selfish in what you want, you know, no matter at home, at work or wherever you are, and I'm sorry, I'm bringing it to self-awareness, but that is the focal point because what ha happens is that, or the self, sorry, what happens is that, that if, if I think in a, if I think about, what do I want? You know, at a very core level, I want peace. I want happiness. I want love. 
it's probably the same thing that all of us want, right? So when we go to that level, if I am thinking, what do I want? I want this. And I want this at home, at work, in a social gathering, wherever I go, I want these things everywhere, right? So now if I want that, what do I need to get it? Simple. So when, when I think like that, now what do I need to get it? I need people to behave nicely. I need people to, to love me. I need people to respect me, right? How will they do that? Then you think about, okay, if I act in this way, then they will do that. Now, can I act in this way? Is it something that is possible for me? Do I want to do it then? You know, if it is possible, great, do it. If it is not possible, do I want to learn to do it? Do I want to do, acquire that skill? Yes, okay, great. No, okay, just be aware of that, that I cannot do that. I don't want to do that, it's okay. Even when you realize that, when you rationalize it like that, and when you internalize it that, I know that this is what is needed, but I cannot do it. Then you become a gateway for others that are wanting to do it to go ahead. Right now, leaders often without realizing are blockers. You know, they literally block the growth of other people. I have personally experienced and I've had so many people share this with me. So many of my clients have said that they have had, we all know that we quit jobs, not because of the complexity of the job itself, but because of the people that, you know, don't allow us to, to blossom, to grow. And blossoming is so important a word for me, because, you know, if you are not doing that, if you don't have the space for that, then you are at the wrong place because value yourself so much, value your peace, your, your core values so much that if they are not being met, go for a different place because you are not, you're doing yourself a huge disservice by being where you are not valued. You know, because what happens is that, that you will yourself dim that light within you. And that's a big loss. I, I mean, I almost kind of, that's my, my fear factor. Like I don't want to dim my light. I cannot, you know, I want to go to a place where I can shine. If it is not here, by all means, I want to get out because you have to value yourself so much that you know this about yourself and that you and that valor will come in you if you value it you know if you understand that so that's how i i've kind of navigated my career i have always been uh, you know and it's it's been very less times that i've had to quit positions because of this scenario but i have and and it's and it's okay because at that point i didn't want to fight that and i didn't want to you know get into that stress because i valued myself enough so i think understanding that is important and coming back to what i was saying so each individual, if we think about what it is that we want, and then we will understand how to behave and how to get that, right? So if, if each individual does that, I think that will really make a change in the culture of the place. It will, it will definitely, that's when you start influencing. That's when you start impacting people by actually living it. So <clears throat> I did, um, at, at one of my um, jobs, I was, I, I, I tried that myself. I was like, I'm only going to be real. And I used to literally, journaling is one thing that has helped me so much. I cannot stress the importance of it. So I, I used to literally write and I used to journal about the things that I want to do and the people. And I used to literally, you know, take my, just for my sake to understand, you know, I used to literally make a list of people that I, from all these four directions. And I wanted to understand that if I, I'm able to influence even one decision, that's a check for me. You know, I wanted to do that. And I, I took that as a, uh, as a challenge to myself because, you know, am I leaving it? I can talk all about it, but am I? So that's when I started doing that. And it helped me so much, I cannot tell you. And then, uh, you know, of course, when people start seeing you, you become visible automatically. That's actually my secret of being <laughs> of the visibility is that you automatically become visible because now you're suddenly shining bright, you know, because you're being yourself, because you're comfortable in your own skin. You're not worried about whatever. So <clears throat> sorry to interrupt, but are, are you intentionally so say that list you made of people, lateral, up and down. Are you intentionally contacting these people, having discussions with them? What, what does that look like, say, in, a, in, in the yeah. actual environment? Sure. So what it looked like was in my day-to-day -day life, you actually, when we, when we come to understanding and when we look at it thoughtfully, we are actually working with all these people all day long. 
you know we are interacting with our colleagues we are interacting with our team we are interacting with our uh, you know management and stuff like that so we are already doing that at some level you know so it is about <clears throat> coming together and understanding what is it that you how can you again think about the micro macro problem that you can solve what is it that i'm contributing what about my job is so important to this whole organization right and how can i value add so when you think about that then you can think about the ways that you can do your job better maybe or you can do something different that you want to and so on so i started having those conversations with people whoever it impacted you know whoever my change was going to impact or my thoughts you know were can, can i talk to my management i am thinking about this can do you think this makes sense or do you think this is logical and stuff like that so going from that place towards your management and understanding what because they are there i believed they are there for a uh, for a reason and that is because they have additional experience they have different perspectives and it is always good to welcome those so that's how i used to work with those my peers because if i were to make any shift they are going to get impacted because we are all kind of you know um working with each other in that sense so you know uh, if i was to do something differently i i wanted to socialize it with them you know i wanted to tell them that this is what we are doing do you guys think differently and you know so just having that kind of conversations helped and then talking to my team about the same stance this is what i'm thinking what do you guys think about it do you think we can achieve it then it is about you know bringing them together and seeing how we can work with on the vision so doing that really helped all of these um, areas of influence wow that's uh that's a lot of uh as i like to say gems in there uh, thank you for dropping that how does emotional intelligence play into all this we talked about self awareness um you know and we we also talked about the um leadership part of it but where does emotional intelligence fit in emotional intelligence is um infused into everything that i think that everything that we do because the way we do it is what it is right so for example when when you are self aware and then when you act you are acting emotionally intelligently when you are managing yourself well you know by understanding that what i want what i don't want you know and allowing others to grow and so on and so forth you are being emotionally intelligent when you are managing your relationships in a way where you know you are empathizing with them where you are understanding what the impacts are going to be you know you are not just thinking about something and you know just going and doing it you are actually talking to people managing your relationships and bringing them together that is doing it emotionally intelligently right so it is about and um, it is also about being socially aware how is my being going to impact the people around you around me in the society what is it that i am bringing out or what is it that i stand for how am i relating to people that is going to help them or whatever it is going to do just being aware of that so i think all of these are actually implementing these things are um living emotionally intelligently i think that's that's how it is infused in our day to day empathy is again big and i'm sure you've heard of that it's, it's almost uh, you know it is very important to remember that we have all either been there and experienced that or you know we may never be there but we can still live that experience from the others without getting emotionally charged with it and empathizing that that could be a pain area for them or that could be something that is problematic to that person so understanding and helping them rise from there you know so it is very important and and this empathy is extremely uh, important for a coach i think you know understanding what the other person is suffering if i've never experienced it i don't want to refute it it is that's not how you work you know you really and that that's also in a in a professional setting you know if your client if your um, team member or if your colleague or somebody is experiencing something that you have never experienced and if you just refute it then it's not going to work it's it's not going to make you uh, grow it is it is going to actually shut them towards you you know they are not going to be open to you so i think empathy opens a lot of doors in that sense i think it is about not getting emotionally in, involved but being uh, empathetic towards being understanding towards 
what the other person is going through and respecting their journey, respecting their perspective. I think that is important. Felguni, when we talk about all these things, uh, you know, our, our focus primarily has been, I think, in the workplace. You did touch on, you know, home as well. But when it comes to work-life balance, how does that fit into all this? I, and people have different definitions of this, but from your perspective and in, in your work and your coaching, talk to us about work-life balance, the importance of it. And if people are struggling with, you know, keeping that balance or maintaining that balance, what do you have to offer? I think work-life balance for me is about um, balancing our own life because what happens is we are compartmentalizing we tend to compartmentalize our life, right? This is my work time and this is my family time. And this pandemic has actually changed the entire definition for everybody. So now we are learning the new definition of work-life balance because now suddenly we have kids at home that are, you know, needing attention. Suddenly we have the spouse that is wanting to have that hot cup of tea and whatever, you know. So it's, it's now uh, changing a whole lot. So uh, in this new environment, the work-life balance really would mean being being honest about whatever your situation is. I, I have found this, this is again new. Before that, it was a different way of living. So it meant differently, but I'm talking about the situation we are in now. So uh, it is about, you know, being honest with whatever our struggles are. And the balance word is very, very important here. You know, regardless of wherever, whichever, uh, you know, uh, room we are in and against uh, are we against a computer or are we talking to somebody in person it is going to be um, it is going to be important to be honest and be real about what we are experiencing when we are working it is really okay for us to be able to tell our kids and our you know uh, and our uh, family members to really let us be because you need to focus I think work cannot take away from your other things that are going on in the family. So to strike that balance between, you know, now I got to go to work. So now I need to focus on this. So please don't disturb me for two hours, whatever it is. I think bringing that, I don't think now it's been an eight hour, eight um, hours work day. Now we always, we all have this different breaks where we have to take for, you know, kids are wanting lunch. And so, you know, you really go there and it may not necessarily be just the 12 to one time that we used to, you know, kind of have in our old days, you know, it could be 1230 to 130, whatever it is, you know, I'm just saying so. So understanding that and being very transparent about it at both the places at, at home as well as at work is very important. I think having this communication very, very clearly with our uh, work colleagues, as well as with our family and telling them that, you know, this is what I will be doing. This is what my day looks like today. I, mean, I used to do it by the day, uh, Roger, when it all started, I was like, I used to go through my calendar. I was telling them that this is what I need. This is, and I used to include, you know, my work time into the calendar as well, just to make sure that I'm covered for that, you know? So I did that and I used to share that, you know, so my kids have their, uh, their uh, timetables, you know, from their school, they have those schedules. So they have their schedule. I printed one of mine as well so that they know because now they are aware so that they know, you know, what time they can, you know, reach out to me and what time they cannot. So we color coded it and we did a lot of fun with it just to understand. And then I color coded their uh, schedules too, so that they know when it is okay for them to get away from the computer. They're five and seven, Roger. So I have to do these kind of things, you know. And then it also helped because my husband is also, um, you know, working from home. So we all have, we have four um, schedules stuck on our refrigerator. And everybody knows, you know, what the colors mean and stuff. It's very beautiful, actually. So it's about finding what what is working for you. I think work-life balance is now so much uh, about how you, you know, think creatively about it figure it out what works for you and be transparent and honest about whatever your situation is. Communicate. It is so important to communicate, especially now that we are not seeing each other often, our work colleagues, we are not seeing them often. So it's very important for them and to also tell them that you know, call me at this number whenever you need me, you know, if I'm not around or whatever it is. Having that conversation and that communication very clearly laid out is, and I think people are also understanding. 
I have not heard of people at workplaces that are not understanding about this situation because it is so globally affecting every single individual that, you know, they all have empathy suddenly bond in everybody now. So I think it's a good, good gift that the pandemic has given us. But regardless, I mean, um, it is important to just work it out your way. But just remember that, you know, be, uh, be open to communication and be very transparent. Yeah, I love the fact that you talked about the honesty, you know, both at work and at home. And that way, I think everyone would feel better about where they are and they're not feel guilty um, or that they have to be doing something at a certain time. If they're transparent about it, then there's really nothing to hide. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important uh, for the families also to understand that, you know, work is as important like the kids and all day. And I think people get it. Even my five-year-old gets it. For sure. Wow. So Felgoni, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, I, I appreciate so much you coming on and dropping so much wisdom uh, on us today. But before I let you go, can you talk about visibility? And in particular, I know you have a 16-week visibility coaching program. That's probably one of the longest coaching programs I ever heard of. Um, I'd love to know why. That's, that's four months, correct? And um, tell us about that and, and what that means. Yes. So, um, so visibility um, coaching, sixteen-week coaching program, is is my baby. <laughs> so it is. Um, so it is something that has been born out of my passion for helping people, and it has been. Uh, you know, it is born out of my need to to spread that importance of self awareness and to you know discuss a lot of things that we have discussed today, but to to talk to individuals and and uh, leaders actually. Uh, to to help them lead a balanced life in the sense of you know visibility is something that we professionally know as you know being visible being seen by a lot of people and have that influence it is true it is true for everybody who is at that position or not so it is just about reframing that a little bit to understand that visibility is the ability to be seen by people and to be uh, to be seen understood heard and all of that and when when will that happen is when you are comfortable in your own skin so understanding being visible of your own self and then being understanding of how you connect to the world so that is what we talk about uh, in the visibility program um, this is a 16 week self discovery program where uh, and 16 weeks because um, you know, so there are, let me talk about the, the structure. So you'll, you'll see why. So um, we talk about, uh, you know, understanding who, who am I? That is the basis. That is the foundation of our whole program. So it is gaining attention towards who am I? It is then setting an intention towards what I want to be and then manifesting how I do it. So, you know, that's, that's the idea around the manifestation aspect of it. And then expansion is how do I continue to grow? This is essentially the wheel. So what happened, and this is all surrounded by the outer wheel of emotional intelligence. So, you know, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management, we discussed that. So it is that, and it is about understanding how all of this is going to happen. And so in the, this is, it is not just all knowledge, it is implementation because I understand that implementation is where the jam is you know so i want to tap into that and um, we have heard that you know any new habit and this is about habit formation as well so any new habit forming takes time and so i want to leave my clients once they are totally this the the techniques that i'm going to teach them are totally in infused in their day-to-day -day life it is so much merged into them that it becomes part of their autopilot so I want to do that. And for that, it requires time. And which is why the 16 week um, training program. Fantastic. So do you meet once a week, a couple times a week? How does that work? Yes. So we meet once a week. There are, uh, there are worksheets. There are different things that the, the client needs to do uh, on a daily basis. So it is a day-to-day -day program, which is very unique again, uh, oh. because, you know, we have like daily checkpoints that, you know, that they have to kind of meet and check off and things like that, because uh, that is when, because you're working with the mind. I, I'm infusing my leadership, my emotional intelligence, and all of those hypnotherapy and all of those techniques with my neuro-linguistic programming uh, techniques as well. 
just to you know work with the mind start go to the root of where all of these you know issues lie why we are not growing why we are not aware and what we are not aware of and so on so ask those fundamental questions go to that root and then start uprooting from there so that's why it is it's real work <laughs> and it is see. daily it is daily work because you know it cannot happen overnight uh, some of these things require daily insertions so and if people are interested in this program, what's the best way for them to find it? And also, if they're interested in your coaching services, which, what is the best way for them to reach you? They can reach me out on any social media platform, including going to my website. Uh, there is a whole lot of information on the course there. Uh, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I am uh, pretty active there, so they can, they can uh, DM me there as well. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much almost everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Falguni, Katira, welcome to the American Real Family. Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing so much great value and insight. Um, I would love to have you back at some point so we could do another check-in. But for now, thank you so much. And we, will, we look forward to following you on LinkedIn and elsewhere. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Roger. This was, this was great. It's, it's my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.